What's up, everyone? Uh, very, very interesting day today. A lot of news coming out. Uh, I think the worst kept secret for Orange County Soccer Club for the 2022 season was officially announced today. So we'll definitely discuss that, plus the struggles that the team are continuing continuing to have. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. <laughs> The first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast or on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black SoccerCast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I'm here to take you through this journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Uh, let's introduce the team that we have here first down in San Diego. We've got Alan. How are we doing, Alan? Oh, you know, I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, doing all right. How are you, Ray? Just doing all right. All right. That's good to know. Uh, I'm yeah, doing okay. I'm supposed to, I was supposed if to be I in Hawaii. I was like, I'm supposed to be in Hawaii, but um, I'm not able to travel, so um, I'm doing all right. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about that, my good friend. Um, let's head up north and to the west, and the man who's already already ready for this episode. How many uh, how many drinks in are you on that one, uh, Mr. Bradley, up in Reno? Well, uh, for continuity's sake, I ended holding Malort and I shot a Malort last week, and uh, I made it a double because Alan can't be in uh, Hawaii. There we go. So here's what we're going to do. Anytime Ray Very messes fitting. up on a word, a phrase, or anything popular, uh, Brad has to take a, a shot of Malort. We'll do it like that. No, I don't have enough Malort for that. <laughs> um, let's also welcome on back for the second time now. Apparently, we did not scare her off. Uh, we got Taylor Brown Duncan. Taylor, how you doing? I am good. Thank you. Happy to be back. No, you didn't quite scare me off. Uh, I'm close to it, but not not quite there yet. Close to it. Well, if, if you ever get a chance to taste the Malort that Brad loves to drink there, then you definitely will be scared off um, by drinking something like that. Uh, so we'll, we'll just leave that alone. Brad, just finish that bottle. There's not much left on there. Uh, we have one other guest. That's okay. We have one other guest to bring on tonight. Uh, first time on our show. Uh, those of you in Caroline Coalition know this gentleman. We got Mikey. Mikey, how are we doing, my man? Good, good. How are you tonight? Uh, doing okay. Thank you for asking. Um, oh yeah. Let's just get straight down Thank this. I know we got. Me. I know we got some struggles from Orange County to talk about their most recent horrible match against. Uh, Vegas. But before we get there, let's talk about the big news that broke earlier today uh, from Orange County. Uh, again, I, I talked about like the worst kept secret uh, for Orange County Soccer Club in 2022, because I think uh, this became sort of knowledge before the season even started. Uh, so I think we all knew this was coming. Maybe some of us were hoping that it would fall through or something and you get to see a little bit more of Kobe Henry. 
but the news, Kobe Henry uh, sold to Stad de Reims. I, I don't know how to say it correctly. We need Dylan on here. He's our French pronunciation person. You actually, Alan, do you want to, you want to take a, a shot at it? Alan, Brad, Taylor, anyone? Nope. No. Stade Reim. Reim. I, I, I think S at the end of French words doesn't get pronounced. I think it just get like, there's lazy, like Lyonnaise. I don't know. Stade okay. de Reimi Reims. Stady de Reimis. It's the state, it's the state of Rims. Any potential fans from League Un that uh, decided to check us out just to hear what Kobe Henry is all about? They've turned us off at this point. They're not listening to us. Uh, but the announcement came out today that this uh, uh, sale of Kobe Henry was for a USL record transfer outside of the league. I believe the number that's being floated around is 700K uh, with uh, some sort of uh, sell-on you know, percentage going forward. Uh, from my contacts with the club that I've reached out to, uh, they are basically not, uh, they have, they've not said that the reports are wrong. So uh, we have to basically believe that what we're hearing from multiple sources is true. I will say this. Um, one thing I did confirm from the team is the money incoming is going to be spent back in the team. So it's not like, uh, ownership is going to hang on to that money and and give themselves a nice little bonus. The expectation is that the team is going to reinvest this money into the club um, with what I'm hearing could be up to three additional signings in the next week or two that are going to be announced from Orange County. So that's a pretty positive sign there. Um, Alan, as you know, the person on this panel here that's been with us, I guess the longest at this point, now that Mr. Dylan's streak is... Um, in jeopardy here. What are your thoughts on the sale of Kobe Henry? Were you surprised by this announcement? And um, are we sad, excited, happy? What's your emotions? Um, not surprised. This was a win, not an if. Um, this is good for Orange County in the long term. Um, short term, there there's some. It opens up some holes in some areas that uh, clearly by. The Vegas game needs some addressing, but maybe this allows the team to address those needs. Uh, but this is the strength of USL versus MLS, um, where a player who like Kobe Henry, who is going to move to Europe, like it's going to happen. Uh, it allows him a little bit more flexibility where he doesn't have to negotiate with another, like a third party, essentially. It's like you, MLS would own his contract, not the team itself. So I think what you're going to see is a lot of these moves and, and Orange County has been on the forefront of these uh, for quite some time, right? This is where Orange County made their name for themselves, signing young youth national team players to do just this, to give them a pipeline to a pro career, give them minutes on a pitch in a professional setting, in a competitive professional setting. And then allow them to move on in a way that is respectful for them uh, and also is beneficial for the team. Uh, MLS is only going to care about MLS. Um, and I think this proves the academy system. This improves a pr Im this proves the investment that Orange County makes. I was talking with one of the academy coaches in San Diego. And, and Orange County is one of the um, most invested uh, academy programs in USL. And it, it's showing, right? 
so I think that this is good for USL. This is great for Orange County and, and proving again that they can send people to professional level league teams in Europe and develop the talent to get them there. And it's big uh, for Kobe Henry, right? It, it's big for him as well. It gives him not, it get, Orange County gave him an opportunity to get real minutes in competitive leagues at his level. Uh, to de- start his development. So I think it's it's kind of a threefold good, right? Good for player, good for team, good for league. Uh, and I am looking forward to seeing more of these as USL academies find these young talent. And, and so you're going to have sort of this blueprint that Orange County has built, because this is now, when you look at it, the third successful you, young transfer that the team has uh, completed. You had started off with Aaron Cervantes heading out to Rangers a couple seasons back, then uh in the preseason this season, you had Ronaldo Damas heading out to Denmark, I believe was right. Denmark or Finland or one of those Norwegian countries. You want to try again? Um, I don't know. Go for it, Brad. Tell him. Oh, my, uh, there we go. Oh, hands it. raised. Go Mikey. Sweden. Yes. Yeah, one of those ball. countries in that same area. They're all sun around. Balls, it, it's ball. all, it's all part of Europe, right? <laughs> uh, they all, they all go together uh, and hold hands and are all friendly with each other. Um, and then now we see with uh, player, uh, the talent of Kobe Henry heading out to France. Now, obviously when you look at those three moves heading to the top flight in France is probably the biggest jump from USL championship. Uh, you know, that's one of the top leagues each and every season in Europe, if not around the world. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see, but here's a, a good thing, right? Is orange County has now proven that they will take young players and if those young players work hard and develop and grow, they will help you move on. They're not going to sit there and be that team that's going to stop you from moving on to other um, teams or other places or bigger, better things. Um, I'm going to go to you, Taylor, because you know, you're out of all of us. You're the one with sort of this business experience in soccer, probably knowing how that all works. Um, for a player like Kobe Henry, uh, what do you think's maybe going on in his mind? I'm not asking you to say you know Kobe Henry, but as a player, what goes on in your mind when you have this opportunity to move to a really big club like that? Uh, and um, it, it's obvious it's it's a moment that he can't, uh, opportunity he can't refuse, right? For sure. I mean, and here's the thing, like the dream is never MLS. The dream is Europe. It, it's whether it's Premier League, Scottish Premier League, La Liga in Spain, League One in France, like that's the dream. I mean, you could go through the list of MLS teams and say those names to people around the world and nobody's going to know who you're talking about, but go somewhere and mention PSG or, or Real Madrid or, you know, Rangers mention like any of those teams and everyone's going to know who you're talking about. So I think that's always the dream for anyone, no matter what country you're in is to get into those big teams. I think this is huge for Kobe Henry, whether he stays there and gets minutes um, or not like he might even get transferred around in there but regardless that's going to be like the move for him and for his soccer career I think it's a it's a bummer for um, OCSC in the short term uh, like that's Kobe Henry's the kind of the the talent we needed right right now um, to maybe bring us out of this funk especially in the defensive line but long term like was said you know it's going to be beneficial if we can put that that money back into the team and maybe get some good good signings that are going to make an impact and maybe a signing that's longer than 25 days too. Um, but I think that's definitely the way to go for, for Kobe Henry, for sure. So let's, let's talk about this. I'll, I'll go to you, Mikey. Uh, apparently defenders are just like dropping off like flies here with this team. Uh, you know, a few weeks back, uh, Blake Malone uh, leaves this squad. Then we recently have Hunter Gorski 
I mean, the sort of out of left field Hunter Gorski is released from the squad, um, which really, really dampened my chances that I'm going to win in our fantasy uh, soccer league because I was that I was just counting on those, you know, three points a match, even if he doesn't do anything else, just get me those three points for starting matches or whatever it was. Uh, and now Kobe Henry gone. So are we concerned now that this defense has not been strong all season and now Kobe Henry leaves? Are you uh, as a fan? Are you scared that our defense is not going to look great? Or do you have faith that the team is going to fill in those gaps here in the coming weeks? Well, I do have to be positive. I do have faith that we're going to try and stick it through. I mean, uh, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult with players leaving, like how you said. But uh, players have to step up. Uh, hopefully, we can make some signings with this money coming in. And just just hope for the best. Yeah, I, I've I've been told signings will be coming. And again, multiple signings, not just one signing come off of this. Now, nothing, I can't, I can't say I have anything, you know, 100% confirmed, but my sources have said, we're going to see something out of this, which is obviously what you want to see. Uh, we've become that type of team, right? We're going to be that team that's going to develop players, build them up, sell them off, and then we can keep doing that. But eventually, if you keep doing that well and you keep finding the right players, you keep doing that, you're going to have more and more money to splash around and ever so often um, get someone. Brad, let me go to you because uh, I heard the comment earlier uh, that or, or from Taylor that MLS isn't the dream. MLS is sort of the retirement league. Um, is is what most people will look at it, right? You look at um, the 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 player from Italy that just jumped onto LAFC's roster. Um, it's sort of that at the tail end of your career, go play in the U.S. for a couple seasons and then be done with it. Can we look at USL then as more the um, the opposite, like sort of the start of these players' careers and and looking for bigger, better things? I know there's also veterans in the league, but is this a, a good opportunity for young soccer players in America having a league like USL? If you want to go abroad, if that is your goal, USL probably seems the most appealing option with uh, players like the three you mentioned earlier uh, and Luna and the uh, one San Antonio player that uh, got sent overseas. Um, All of them seem like the better option. Um, If your goal is to make a quick buck and and, uh, work your way up a system, and still play against some pretty good talent, even though they are aging. They are still, a lot of them are still really, really good players. Cellini, who just signed with uh, LAFC, I think it was that you were saying. Uh, he's still a really, really good player. Uh, but if your goal is to play domestically and play at the top level, you're going to go to an MLS Next Pro team, and then you're going to work your work your way up to uh, to the MLS. And you could be a player like uh, Daniel Masovsky, who's uh getting some minutes with uh, LAFC now and uh, being underneath some of the best players in the world that are at the tail ends of their career. Um, so let me go around and if anyone has a moment they can think of, but what's our favorite Kobe Henry moment? Uh, I, I know there's not many to choose from, but does anyone have a, a favorite Kobe Henry moment from his time with Orange County? When he signed with Stad Duran for seven figures and solidified, solidified an orange county side by like bringing in 10 people for his one signing that was my favorite moment <laughs> oh can, can really, we... i know it was more of a recent one and kind of a flashy one but that one goal and the volley to the top right that's i mean that's got to be that like that makes an impact in it but you know i know that's oh, yeah. not his standard but that's for sure the one of my favorites from him well 
I'm going to say, Taylor, you, you were a defender and a goalkeeper. So, you know, I mean, that there's very rare opportunities for a defender to get those kind of uh, shots on goal. And that's not an easy shot in goal, even for a, an attacking player, let alone a defender that doesn't really practice those types of shots. Right. Right. And for him to like, just like have that instinct to just do that and not, you know, take five touches and have no one to pass to and then shoot. Like, I think that's like a, like a big, um, big kudos to him for like, you know, recognizing where he was in that position and not just being in like the defensive mentality. So it kind of shows like his flexibility and his willingness to like play other positions and, and be in the spots where he's needed really. Um, and then let me just ask you really quick, Mikey, because, um, I believe if I can recall correctly, Kobe Henry joined around the same time that Francis Jacobs joined the club and all the hype was on Francis Jacobs. Uh, but when you look at their career pass, it's been uh, Kobe Henry. Now, Kobe Henry does have a year on Francis Jacobs. So we, we still have a, a, a little bit more time to see uh, where, where Francis goes. But uh, I, I think we didn't quite know what we had out of uh, uh, Kobe Henry. We, we sort of thought Francis Jacobs was going to be that major uh, signing that goes to a really big club. I, we all remember that clip of him saying he wants to be the best in the world uh, from the documentary a couple seasons back. Um, were you? Is this sort of a, a pleasant surprise for you that it was Kobe Henry is the one that's sort of making that really big jump to a top European league like that before uh, before uh, Francis? Oh, definitely a surprise. Everybody thought uh, Francis Jacobs was going to go up and play up in Europe, but... Uh... This is, I think this is a little better, definitely for us. Yeah, definitely. And, and who knows, Francis might end up, you know, proving himself, uh, uh, you know, he's playing on loan with Cal United, but I think he recently maybe picked up a little knock. So we'll see what happens with him. But, um, and who knows, maybe if opportunity comes, there still could be an opportunity uh, for him to look for another opportunity in, in Orange County, get something out of it. Any last thoughts on the Kobe Henry transfer to France? Brad has one. Go for it, Brad. Yeah, I feel like I might be in the um, in the minority here when I say I'm really happy. Well, first of all, I'm really happy uh, for Kobe Henry. Uh, this is a significant career move for him. But I'm a little skeptical, especially when looking forward for Orange County season, that any new signings we have now is going to – uh, change the course of the season uh, for a couple reasons. Um, one, we're, we need especially defenders. And I think the two best defenders out there that are free agents that I can think of off the top of my head are Jordan McCrary, formerly of uh, Sacramento, and uh, Thomas Jinjigian, formerly of Hartford and Reno 1868. And other than those two players, I don't really know of many defenders out in the league who could just come in and step in as a uh, center back in and lock down that back line because Skendi and Orozco together, you know, you have to find a true center back to sit next to Orozco there um, because it looks messy right now as is. Um, and then when you do integrate those players onto the team, it's going to take at least a month, a month and a half for anybody to uh, – to really fill in and be on level that you'd expect at the beginning of the season. Um, I think the better thing to have done, we knew we were going to sell these two players, uh, Domus and uh, Kobe Henry at some point this season. I would have loved to see us chomping at the bit in the preseason, trying to get more of these players that, uh, that we 
that we can anchor our team down with because we have been injured all season and and I don't know. Uh, I see that Grayson has uh, listed some other names that I was not thinking of off the top of my head. Um, but there are there are a bunch of people out there, but some of them, you know, you never know. I I, it, I mean, looking at the last uh, comment there from El Patron de Grayson, uh, maybe he's interested in buying a house in, in Texas, in the Dallas, Texas area. Contacting Walker Hume is a great way to go. Um, let me say this. I, I'm sort of hearing, these are sort of rumors that I'm hearing, a defense, a, a pacey defensive player is a potential of what we might get out of uh, the money we have from this sale. So uh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you any names or anything on that. That's just sort of what I'm hearing uh, on the rumor mails. Uh, so we'll see what we get off of that. Um, let's move on because we got some soccer to talk about, although <laughs> definitely not exciting soccer to talk about, but we do have to talk about it. Um, my question, and this is going to go to all of you and all of y'all will go in order. Is it time to panic? Orange County loses another one, this time to Las Vegas, um, three nil to Las Vegas, uh, in the desert. Um, not the, the, is it time to panic Alan? I mean, I'm not sure panic is the right word. Uh, I think a hard look in the mirror is the correct term to use. Um, there's some pretty glaring issues on the pitch and not just in the back line. I think the, the midfield is also um, not really up to standard the past uh, this past game. Um, you're getting a point per game right now with the home average being slightly higher than the road average. Uh, but if you continue down this road, Orange County will be second to last uh, right in front of Monterey Bay and a pretty significant gap to uh, kind of the the bubble playoff teams, if you will. Um, so I think maybe not the panic button because I don't think it's just a coaching issue. I think it's it's like a starting 11 issue. It's a it, it's just getting rid of a coach isn't going to solve these problems. I think it's, it's, it's much, much deeper than that. And Brad kind of hinted at that based on his prior comment. It might be a get who you can in during the summertime and try to, to salvage a season and try to get into a playoff match and try to build for um, next year uh, and getting guys in that you think you can build going forward. Uh, Cause there's still a lot of season left. Uh, so you're, I think Orange County needs to start thinking about how they build um, to maybe get into the playoffs this year um, and then think about guys that are going to stay around for uh, you know a season or two past this. Brad, are we panicking? Um, if I could like use an image, I'd have a pie chart that has like 90% full in one color and it says yes. And then it's the other color that says yes, but in another color. Um, it, it's not a coaching issue. Uh, I have very little of my blame game being po- pointed to uh, to Chaplow. Um, this is a injury and personnel issue. Um, and then beyond that, um, it seems like the players themselves aren't clicking on the field as much. Um, but we're still missing a lot. Uh, Brian Oloski. 
Uh, Miko Kaningas is still, I believe, hurt. Um, Brent Richards just went out with a gnarly injury this past game. And uh, the players that are coming in, Nadam came in and immediately uh, Vegas scored not even a minute later. So there's a lot. There's a lot that needs to be looked at when it comes to this team. But again, players, personnel is the biggest one right now. Taylor, your thoughts. Are we panicked? I'm not panicked. I just don't think that the focus should be now and like on this season anymore. I know the goal is like, oh, we're so close to like where we were. Or we had hopes of being this close to the playoff line. But even if we got there, like what impact are we going to have with this kind of team? Like they're just not gelling. They're not clicking. There's it looks like they're just, you know, pulling up like they're all talented players, but they've just not had time to get to know each other and, and be able to play together on the field. So like, it's just like a bunch of really good soccer players turned up on a Sunday evening and we're like, let's play. Like, that's what it looks like. They don't know where people are going to be for the passes. They don't know where to like hit the balls out. We have a hole down the whole center field, like that whole center, like the ball is just never ours. Um, we see clearances on the defensive line right now that is just putting it right back into the center and nobody's there. We're seeing balls coming straight down the center. Nobody's there. So I, I don't think that um, I don't think the blame's on Chaplow. I think that's a very good point. Like we have people out for injuries. We have people going getting transferred, which is great for them and stuff. But I don't think the focus should really be on like, oh, we need to get into the playoffs. Like that's our that's our mark. I think now is maybe the time for like some switches up in the starting eleven. It should be getting these new people in and getting them gelled with the team. But I, I don't think it should be like we need to get to the playoffs because where we're at, it's not like we would make an impact like we did last year unless we manage to turn this whole thing around, which I don't really see happening just like where we're at. I think we need to pull ourselves together and just like work on that. So I'm going to get to you, Mikey, and ask if you're panicked, but I also want maybe you could throw this in because you're a fan of Orange County Soccer Club first and foremost. Um, you know, this is one thing we've always talked about with uh, this team and sort of this league is there's huge roster turnover year in and year out. So it's difficult to maybe focus on the new players and get them ready maybe for next season when you don't know, maybe these players won't even be here next season. There's a, we can probably count in, on two hands, key players from last team's roster, the championship winning roster that moved on to other um, opportunities. Um, so a Mikey, are we panicked and B, um, do you who do you agree with on this? Is it we're looking still looking at a playoff spot this year, or maybe building that team for the upcoming season? Definitely freaking out. Uh, from the sideline view, definitely uh, players look lost. Uh, they're not they're not playing like together. They're not passing the ball right. They're not they're not playing as one. Everyone's playing individually. Everyone's kind of lost on the field. Uh, we got just brand new players that just aren't playing well together. And uh, hopefully, hopefully we can build a team for next year, but I definitely don't see us making the playoffs this year. It's, it's going to be hard for sure. So no mate, no faith from the fan group, I guess, or at least from one fan that we heard from. Um, and then it sounds like Taylor's leaning towards, let's just see what we have for the remainder of the season. Let's not focus on, um, that long shot of making the playoffs and then making a deep run. Let's just sort of get these players in that we're going to get, see what we have, um, go from there. This is one of the difficulties, right? When you have the uh, American soccer calendar as opposed to the world soccer calendar. So 
a lot of the teams around the world are looking for players right now. So that's where you get a Kobe Henry heading off to, to France. Although we all know too, it was just waiting for him to turn 18, what you're looking at there. Uh, but it, it makes things a little bit difficult because you're going to maybe lose some key players in the middle of a season if they want to take that next step opportunity because most European clubs aren't going to wait till the winter time to bring in a new player. They want to bring him in over the summer. Um, is this going to be a benefit when the league, because I think the league is still leaning towards switching to the world calendar. Is that correct? Um, I'll go to you, Alan, because you're the USL show guy. That's 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 where the league's leading, right? They're having discussions about it. Uh, I don't think a vote's happened yet. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it was something similar to uh, maybe like a German calendar where it's kind of split up, where December ha- is like a big break. Um, but oof, brew, sorry, buddy. Um, but he 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 doesn't like that calendar. Uh, apparently, um, gotta love dogs with Cushing's. Um, I I just don't see it happening quite yet um usl doesn't really have a um doesn't really have a transfer window it just has like a a a roster freeze in september so like really usl can bring in guys whenever they want to bring in guys it's just you're going to see guys leave in certain in certain parts of the year right you're going to the summer and the summer transfer window is is the big one right it is the uh, the window where teams are going to come in and kind of poach some players. But I, th- I think if you're a smart USL front office, you know that ahead of time. You already have things in place that you know, hey, when this guy goes, these are the guys we're bringing in. These are the guys we're looking at. Um, and a lot of that's done b- behind the scenes. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if USL moves to a – uh, a little bit more of a um, of a world calendar because that's what they've said they wanted to do. I'm just not sure when it's going to happen. Um, El Patron de Grayson, December and January, Germany is a big break because it's too freaking cold. Yeah, I mean, you can say that about parts of northern, um, the northern part of the United States. And on the flip side, like Phoenix had a low of 100 degrees the other night, like a low. So it's like, what do you what do you want to play in? Do you want to play in colder temperatures? Or do you want to play in hot temperatures that also put players at risk? So it's it's a it's half a dozen in one and six in the other, unless it's a baker's dozen and that's six and a half. Brad, let me ask you a quick question because I want to talk. We'll ask one more thing about this Vegas match and then we'll move on because we don't. I don't think we want to dwell on Vegas too much. We're just talking about some other stuff here, but obviously Las Vegas has a few uh, a couple former. Orange County players that contributed to this victory. You saw Danny Chrysostomo, um, Abraham Romero. Um, how uh, sad is it to see when you, when you have former players come and lead the opponent to victory like that? Um, and do we wish we had either of those players on the roster this season for Orange County? Um, I don't think anybody's trading in Romero for uh, for Rakowski, although I think he was the more interesting one to watch during the game uh, on the sidelines with Mikey. Um, he and Rakowski during the water breaks would just be chilling in the middle of the field with the bottles of water talking um, during stoppages of play before and after they would chat a little bit. Uh, they seem to be on good spirits there, but the player that I think um, we would love to see right now would be Chris Dostomo. Wow, I cannot 
I butchered that name. Uh, anyways, no, you actually, you actually would... got it right. You got it right. Oh. Okay, good. Um, but he would be a midfielder that, um, unlike watching this game, it looked like it looked like we had a lot of issues um, turning the ball, getting any shots on goal, um, really producing anything. Uh, Grayson said it perfectly in the chat. Um, he didn't have to do much. Well, he looked good not doing much because we had zero shots on goal. And a big reason for that is our midfield looked extremely lost at times. Uh, they get the ball in a, in a chance to turn around and they just pass it to the back line again or turn it over immediately in the midfield. But I think, you know, Chris Ostomo would be a, a good fill, but it's really more I would love, love to see Miko and Brian Oloski come back. And, and, and I think I think I'm hearing Brian Olosky is really close to returning mm-hmm. uh, to the lineup, which is really really good news. We need him. Um, for that. Yes, we definitely are missing that player on the roster. Last thoughts uh, from Taylor and or Mikey on the Vegas match before we move ahead and try and preview against a match against Louisville. I just I just hope that's the bottom of the barrel. That'd be nice if that's we, the bottom of the barrel. Back. I mean. Th- at this point, you can only drop one more spot on the table uh, before you're at the bottom of the barrel. So hopefully we don't hit that bottom point. Hopefully this is our low, and now we're going to move back up. And the way to do that is to start turning things around against Louisville City, which is not an easy task, right? Louisville City is one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, currently sitting second place right behind Memphis 901. Um, but Memphis does have a game in hand. So uh, Memphis has 28 points, Louisville city with 27 points. I'm going to go to Brad really quick. Cause I know you have your fancy table. How's Louisville looking against the Western conference. As far as you know, look it up. I don't think you had that ready, but let us know. Is Louisville looking like a tough opponent um, based on how they've give, competed against the Western conference. Give me a minute. Go ask another question. Then come back to me. I need to pull up that chart. All right, Alan, I'm going to ask you another question. Why are you wearing a San Diego uh, Padres hat? Because they are doing good at the rounders right now. <laughs> um, no, let me go to you, Alan, since uh, you you probably, I don't know, you get to hear a little bit more about Louisville City because you work on the USL show. Um, so out of any of us, you're probably the most knowledgeable about them. Um, what's your knowledge on Louisville City? And can Orange County uh, realistically come away with a, a results against Louisville City in Louisville City? In Louisville. Um, I mean... Loose City right now is doing Loose City things. Um, they're sitting kind of one point off of the top of the East, uh, although they uh, Memphis has a game in hand on them, and they sit at the top. Uh, home, they're doing pretty well. Um, they average uh, the second-best points per game at home right now, tied with Indy, uh, just behind, and they're behind Pittsburgh. Um they are having a little bit of a uh, a phoenix issue in that some of the fan base is, are not particularly happy with how well they've been playing as of late uh they dropped points uh they lost to LA Galaxy they lost at home to Monterey Bay uh, and they lost on the road to Tampa Bay Rowdies uh three of the last five matches uh so maybe not the best run of form uh but they also beat Tulsa four to one. They whooped up on Atlanta two four to nothing. So this is a, a really good loose city side. 
Um, they are still loose city. They're eight, three and three. And this is kind of shows you what their fan base expects that they're eight, three and three. And people are like, uh, should we fire our coach? Um, they're, they have a plus 15 goal differential, which is best in the East as well. Um, it, they're, they're a tough team. Um, they're a team that could beat you um, multiple ways. Uh, they're, they took they took a step up after uh, Hackworth left, uh, and they've been kind of sitting on top of the Eastern Conference as far as you know, consistently one of the best teams along with Tampa Bay. Um, I think last year, I think there's a um, there's an argument to be made for Orange County getting something out of Lou City on the road, um, but Lou City is a tough team to beat at home. They have a really nice stadium. The fans really kind of motivate them at home. Um, it's it's going to be tough to go in there and, and get a result uh, for sure. So I would jump to you, Brad, to get your thoughts on on how they're they're looking against uh, the Western Conference. But someone beat you to that on the chat. Yeah, um, I have the let, actual scores. <laughs> <laughs> let me do this. What are your thoughts uh, on this match against Louisville City, and what does Orange County have to do to get a result, even just one point result against uh, Lou City? Um, well. They are consistently the top of the top for the for a reason. Um, going to Lynn Family Stadium and expecting to do well is very, very difficult. It's one of the best stadiums. It's why the league constantly showcases it um, because it's kind of the creme de la creme of the league. Uh, no, the, Louisville is a very good team, and Alan put it perfectly. They expect good things, and they consistently deliver good things. Um, they easily could be top of the uh, East if it wasn't for the fact that they dropped some games against Monterey, against Los Dos. Um, to get a point on the road, let alone three, you have to keep a clean sheet. And I don't know if our team is capable of that right now. So I'm going to go to you, Taylor. So probably the best time to be playing Lou City right now with their run of form, uh, one win, four losses, I believe, is their most recent run of form, which uh, for a team pretty high up there on the table, that's probably not what you want. So their last five matches, uh, uh, 1-0 loss to Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay, a 4-1 victory over Tulsa, a 2-1 loss at home to Nashville in the Open Cup, um, a 2-0 loss to uh, Monterey Bay, like we talked about, and then a 4-3 loss to LA Galaxy 2 on the road. So probably the best opportunity to steal a point from Loose City, the way they've been playing, correct? Yeah, I mean, you would say that, but then you can also look at our form too, <laughs> and like our record right now. And we just came well, let's up. not look at our form. Let's I know, if, you're, if you're gonna pull up theirs, we have to pull up ours to be realistic. You know, I mean, we need to uh, not score on goals. We need to stop giving away penalties every game. Like, it's just it's it's ridiculous at this point. But it's probably the. I mean, I'd be rather than playing them playing them off of like a score streak like that for them than the opposite. Don't get me wrong, but we also need to look at ours and as long as we can like kind of go in with, in to it with like our heads held a little bit higher, then yeah, we, maybe we have a, a chance of not having a, at least a three goal difference loss. Um, I'm hoping that we could at least get a tie in there. I want a one one minimum, but we'll we'll see how it goes. Mikey, last thoughts on this Louisville match, and are we going to get a result? Uh, all we can hope for is a tie. <laughs> That's all we can really get, really, on the road. 
Uh, I mean, they are a pretty tough squad. Having a little trouble with a couple West Coast teams, but, I mean, we could just only hope for the best. Um, so let's do this really quick. Before we get into our uh, match prediction, score predictions, let's look at what the standings are for our um, season-long prediction competition here. Uh, I don't even know how things stand right now. Dylan uh, is still in first place. He's been in first pretty much all season. I am now in second place again, but seven points behind Dylan, Allen, and then Brad. You're you're like Orange County down at the bottom there with little hope to catch up uh, at this point. Uh, you look at our listeners. We have some experts there. Look at that. El, Gray, El Patron de Grayson with 56 points is leading everybody. Um, so, and then, yeah, there's what we got. Emrod, look at that, 52. Um, let's do some predictions. And we'll go to, well, Dylan's not here. So, folks, we get to pick Dylan's prediction for him. I'm going to do this since uh, Taylor doesn't really have much going on on this list. Uh, sort of join the party late when it comes to predictions. I'm going to let you pick Dylan's prediction for him. Um, by all means, we want to catch up to Dylan. So if you want to be mean and give him some random score that would never happen, there's no rules on how you predict this. You can come up with whatever crazy scoreline you want to come up with. I think it's going to be four, one loss. A four, one loss for orange County. So it's going to be one goal for orange County four for loose city. Man, I was hoping you'd come up with like four and a half goals to two and a half goals or something like that. Uh, I kept it to um, me. I need to be at least realistic. <laughs> we want, we want Dylan to lose. So you got to pick. Yeah. 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 If you should have least liked you. four yeah, to yeah. one win. <laughs> <laughs> nah, see, Taylor's too nice. Taylor's going uh, being nice to Dylan here. Um, my prediction, I'm gonna go with a I'm gonna go two two on this one, a two two draw. Um, let's go to Alan, yours. Uh one four loss. <laughs> um, and Brad, what's your prediction? A am I muted? I'm muted. No, you're not. You're good. Oh, I'm not. Um I think anything that is a that is we allow less than t uh, three goals or score a goal as a result for this game. I'm going uh, zero to three. Zero to three for Lou City. Yes, Lou City right. three, Orange County zero. Uh, Mikey, what's your prediction for this match? Three one, Lou City. Man, you all have no faith in Orange County for this match. I'm the only one that's looking for some sort of result here, or at least believing that we can get a result. So hopefully I'm correct. Hopefully I am the genius when it comes to this. Uh, I sometimes get things right, apparently. Um, we have one other competition we've been doing, uh, and that is our Playing for Pride uh, fantasy soccer, uh, where we all drafted five players randomly. Um, some of us have similar players. Some of us don't. Look at that. Dylan's in the lead for our podcast. Um, and then for the listeners, uh, Russell has Lily there. Uh, I'm, again, sort of sad because Hunter Gorski was my sort of penciled in. Let's just get some starting points all season, uh, all month. And it's now not happening for the remainder of this month. So I have basically two slots where I'm not going to get any points because I have two players that aren't doing anything for us. And one of my other players is Rakowski, who's given up a lot of goals at this point, although not entirely his fault. <sighs> Thoughts. Uh, is Dylan going to run away with this one too? Or can Alan and Brad 
make a run. Who's on Dylan's roster? I want to know. Do you have that up? Uh, yeah, I Dad? have that up. Uh, Villanueva, Orozco, Rakovsky, Kasipli, Gorski. So he won't get points from Gorski, so that might be an opportunity for people, but he's got a decent little squad there. Um, so there we go. So we still have a few more matches. How many more matches do we have in the month of June that uh, this will impact? Three. We have three. Louisville, Luden, San Diego. Perfect. All right. Any other stuff we want to talk about Orange County related before we start wrapping things up here? No, I'll take that silence oh, as a I, no. I will ask, oh. so do we have any update on Richards and his face? Um, when he walked off the field, uh, yeah. I got to look at it and, uh, and uh, gosh, who was it that got a look? Uh, Russell got a really good look. Russell said one second his eye was swollen. The next second it was swollen twice the size when he was walking off. Um, he did come back out and sat on the bench for the second half, but I haven't heard anything since. Yeah, it, it looked pretty gnarly. So I was just wondering if we had, I, I mean, it looked like something had to be broken, whether it was the nose or eye socket or something, but. Yeah, I don't think we've heard anything from the club and typically the club's pretty uh, silent when it comes to injury reports, status and all that fun stuff. Um, so we'll just have to wait and hear um, or maybe Mr. Logan, who uh, just you know harasses everyone related to the club left and right to get information will um, be able to get that 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 news. Uh, and I'm just joking when I say that. I, I don't think he literally harasses everyone, but he tends to get some little inside scoops there. Um, one thing I wanted to ask Brad because Brad, you were at the match this past weekend. Uh, Mikey, were you at the mat uh, the match as well? All right. Mikey, yes, I was. So Mikey, Brad, um, just quickly. The most annoying part of uh, a Las Vegas home game is it those wavy arm things? Is it the PA announcer slash MC trying to pump up the what five hundred people that attended the match? Is it the heat? Is it the pools on the sideline? What's the most annoying thing about going to a Las Vegas match? I'll go to you first, Mikey. The heat, and you have like five minutes to chug a talk and a beer before it gets hot. All right. All right. And Brad, worst part about going um, to a game in Vegas? Two things. Uh, one, the heat. Two, the sheer number of advertisements that happen, whether it be um, during the game, like the terrible's terrible call or the amount of billboards they have. Uh, that and they play music just about any time that it can interrupt play. And I, I don't go into too much detail about it because the league won't do anything about it anyway. So, well, we all know you have sort of this pre hatred for Las Vegas, anyways. I go um, in as a neutral. Like you, you, I don't, I don't you can't hate. You can't hate. What I don't, I, I think what Terribles is a gas station, right? You can't hate that use of their brand name for the terrible call. Terribles, terrible call. I mean, it actually is pretty pretty cool i i mean that that's a nifty little thing to do there i've seen them actually saying the words to the advertisement as someone is walking up to take a pk um it's it's not the branding it's the timing of it yeah, that's what happens when you have a, a team in vegas right they're going to do vegas things the game secondary to the fact all right cool let's do this uh any random soccer stuff anyone wants to discuss outside of orange county uh, before we wrap things up here, folks. 
the U.S. El Salvador game tonight was absolutely wild. Um, it was like Sunday beer league field. Uh, so it was like someone said, if you ever watched highlights of like the early nineties in England, that was what it looked like. And, uh, if you want a, a field to equalize talent, that is the field that you play on. And, uh, us ended up, uh, doing all, all right and pulling out a tie. And so, um, I will, uh, celebrate that draw on the road on a windy Tuesday, rainy, windy Tuesday night in Stoke city. I mean, in El Salvador. I will add that. I think last week I mentioned that we are fans of NC courage. Well, they've just had uh, two of their players, Carson Pickett and then uh defender and, um, Kristen goalie. Well, Kristen Press tore ACL, yeah, but then we had the goalie Murphy, Casey Murphy, have both just been called up for the U.S. national team for the CONCAF tournament. So that's pretty pretty cool for them. Um, congratulations to uh, the dancing Australian goalkeepers and uh, Los Ticos for making the World Cup. Archie, Mikey, do you have any uh, soccer news you want to bring up uh, or are you ready to move on? Uh, Germany smashing Italy five to one or five to two today. That was a nice game. It looked like, and, uh, oh, it looked like producer Andy wanted us to talk about the uh 10 year MLS uh Apple TV deal. Um, looks like no more ESPN Plus, looks like no more blackouts, but no availability because it's Apple. But then TV. you'll have to have Apple TV, yeah. um, which is which we all do because we watch Ted Lasso, go Samsung. <laughs> Who watches MLS? You don't have, to have an Apple. Okay, you don't have to have an Apple TV to watch Apple TV. This is something yeah, I like, had to explain to. to somebody. There is an Apple TV where you can watch Apple TV on your Apple TV, or you can watch Apple TV on the like, Apple TV Roku app or an Apple TV app on yes. your Roku. Of course, you can get Apple TV can and I watch, watch Apple Dickinson TV on my Roku. Yes, there is an Apple yeah. TV app. I watch Apple TV on my Roku TV, so you're good to go. Yeah. And I watch it on my on my. Uh, Chromecast with Google TV. So, I mean, you can watch it pretty much anywhere. Um, and you can watch other shows. There's like Dickinson and whatever else there might be. Uh, although Dickinson's done. But um, other uh, oh. so- random soccer stuff I just wanted to mention uh, oh. is uh, it looks like there's a few players out in Europe. Uh, uh, Hugo Lloris, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, and a few others are, uh, I guess, discussing taking a stand on human rights in Qatar uh, for the World Cup. So we'll see what uh, what happens with that. I, it's definitely... Uh, uh, a good move in my uh, mind because we've all heard some of the horrific stories of what has happened in that country, um, not just for the World Cup and some of these poor conditions for building of the stadiums, but just in general, um, some other things that have happened out there. So um, it's good to at least know that the, that they're discussing it. Now let's see what happens of it and, and any potential repercussions when you do something like that um, in a country like Qatar. We'll see what happens. But um good for for them and i hope other uh players jump on board with um taking a stand on that because it's definitely um something that needs to be heard I, alan did you have something else you wanted to throw in there i was just gonna invite taylor to come down to watch nc courage take on san diego wave it i believe in the new snapdragon stadium i believe that is one of the two games because i think it's one of the last games they play so they're 
opening the stadium. I believe one of the games is against uh, against North Carolina Courage in September. So come on down to San Diego. No, Ray, I'm not inviting you down. You can come down if you want. <laughs> I, was just, but I was just waiting. You said San Diego Wave. But you're not San Diego. I'm just, but I'm doing the wave in, in honor of the wave. Or I could do oh. this wave if you want. One person wave. Well, I, I appreciate the invite. I will definitely have to look at that. That'd be a, a <laughs> he's gone. That would be a, a great time, I'm sure, especially at the new stadium. That'd be cool. So let's do this random news time. Um, as always, we just share a random story, random thought, random idea, random book recommendation. Although we won't have to get that unless someone wants to fill Dylan's shoes tonight. Um, who wants to go first? With us? I'm going to let y'all pick the order of this. Uh, COVID's still a thing, um, so keep stay safe and be careful. Um, that's why I'm not in Hawaii right now, so I'm here talking about Orange County. Um, so be safe out there, people, um, and make sure you're allowing yourself uh, time to recover. If you do get it, it was not fun, or still no, not you could fun. have still you could have still been on here talking about Orange County from the beach in Hawaii if you wanted to. There still would have been light too you wouldn't have been in the dark um who wants to go next for a random thought i I will go ahead since so we don't have some silence on the podcast uh i can't give too much context as to why but i just want to say that my wife has been amazing this week she's stuck up for herself people around her and it's just like really like stuck to her morals and things like that and it's just been like a true representation of her character so i'm very proud of her making that impact uh, in her life, our life, and the people around her's lives. I'll go next, um, just so we don't have silence again. Uh, many of you know that listen to the podcast that I work at UC Irvine, and this weekend was the commencement for 2022 class. Uh, I work in student affairs, so we actually work and handle the commencement, uh, and all the ceremonies took place over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then we have a big one tomorrow at Angel Stadium. I've been working all those ceremonies. Some of those days I've been working from like 6.30 in the morning until 6.30 at night. So if I look tired, if my eyes look glossy right now, that's why. Uh, so I apologize for that. But I want to just say big con- congratulations to all the graduates from any uh, school, whether it's university, high school, uh, middle school, uh, kindergarten, preschool. You have all these uh, commencement and graduation ceremonies. Congratulations to anyone uh, that has succeeded in that and, and worked hard to get that. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, I agree with, uh, with you, Alan, uh, COVID still a thing. Let's all stay safe. Um, if you feel sick, then be courteous to others and don't go cough all around them. Um, um, is it zit, zit, zit? Is that what Irvine says? Uh, zot, zot, zot. Come on, man. You know that. Uh, who wants to go next, Brad or, or Mikey? For, uh, I have, uh, something. On last week's thoughts, uh, maybe something like this for next for our next gig. All right. Hashtag queer all year sounds great to me. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. So, alrighty, I guess I will uh, finish up the random thoughts. Uh, we had a, a pre episode talk where taylor said that she doesn't want to do jokes that that's not going to be her thing and so because taylor won't i will uh your joke of the week a ham sandwich walks into the bar and orders a beer the bartender says we don't serve food here 
Oh. Thank you, producer Andy, for kicking him out of the room here. Oh, man, it's just crazy. That's what happens when we get to this point of the show. Where we're all just like tired and it's been a long day and we're saying random things and obviously randomness comes out. Uh, I want to thank uh, everyone for that listens to our podcast. Thanks for listening each and every episode when you watch live and, can, uh, you know, sort of comment with us and mess around with us. We enjoy that as well. Uh, I want to thank Mikey first time on the show, Taylor, we didn't scare you away and hopefully we get to see more of you in upcoming episodes. Um, Alan, Brad, uh, and the streak is finally broken, y'all. The streak Yay. is broken. So now we got to find out who is the longest. Now, is it you, Alan? You're next in line. No, because you've missed. Is it Brad? Is now the the reigning? What is it? Yes, uh, Brad. Man for the Brad's podcast. Been on there for a while. I, missed I know I've missed one episode at the beginning of the year, I think, and that's my most recent. Oh, beginning of this year? Then maybe I've or been, maybe end I'm of the last. I don't know, but whatever. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you to everyone who's joined us on this episode, past episodes, future episodes. Uh, if you want to hear more from us or actually read, cause we're actually putting some written stuff up. Um, go to our website, ocscpodcast.com uh, for Alan, Brad, Taylor, Mikey, producer, Andy, and yes, Dylan, he's still part of this team. So we'll say uh, on behalf of him, this is the orange and black soccer cast. And we are out. Oh, God, you-